following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Straight Outta Compton, Cool and Luke, Little Rascals, Jurassic Park, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Rebels, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Batteries Not Included, The Transporter, The Matrix, and... Blade Runner. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie or a Disney Plus limited series and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, or a uh, lightsaber that can break into two lightsabers. <laughs> You'll be really cool. What would be cooler than one lightsaber, two lightsabers? Yeah. Um, I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host whenever I'm talking about a Disney Plus limited Star Wars series called Obi-Wan, uh, and that is Jason Carubia. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get into this episode. I think this is my favorite episode of this series so far. Questions answered, um, and lots and lots of awesome character plot points amazing stuff uh that's right we are talking about obi-wan kenobi part five episode five uh this episode like we like we've been tracking episode by episode um very very strongly parallels uh star wars episode five the empire strikes back and we're going to talk about that a lot um this was of course directed by deborah chow written by joby harold uh, stars in this episode. No new, I don't think we really got any new characters or actors. A lot of people came back for this episode. Um, so we got Kamel Johnny again, Moses Ingram, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, Vivian Lear Blair, of course, and, um, probably, probably the last appearance of Indira Verma oh. on this show. Oh, uh, no. Our Ooh. episode starts with Obi-Wan and Anakin, on court i think they're on coruscant right at the jedi temple yeah um they're having like a sparring lightsaber battle when they're younger and uh it looks really good and it's like a just a good like training battle um they look really good the de-aging technology is just incredible and they look so good uh, i don't think i think a lot of it's practical makeup that they placed on them and they didn't put a lot um anakin uh, that's Hayden why Christensen. it looks good, though. Yeah, that's why it looks good. Hayden Christensen, yeah. I, I, they probably could have done a little bit more de aging for Hayden Christensen just because he looks so young and youthful in episodes one, two, and three versus there. You can tell he's 40 now. Um, yeah. But yeah. but it still is believable. You know, you can tell that this is a uh, a sparring match that they had done probably around the time of between episode two and episode three. Yeah. Yeah, Anakin. Um, Anakin is there waiting, and he's kind of looking out over the city. Of course, Coruscant. It's a gorgeous shot of things that aren't there. Uh, <laughs> yep. And uh, he says, uh, Obi Wan shows up, and he's and Anakin says, "I was beginning to think he weren't coming." And Obi Wan says, "Good, then maybe I stand more of a chance this time." Uh, and they start to battle. We got to Vader, present day, and uh, he's dressing down third sister, and she and she's like. Oh, I'm so honored, whatever. He's like, I'm not interested in civilities. Where is he? <laughs> right. Uh, has her kneel and promotes her to Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. 
it, this is very much a knighting ceremony uh, that you would see from like the Queen of England, you know, mm-hmm. rise, you know, uh, Grand Inquisitor, and uh, he she has a really cool pin, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like a uh, a uh, marksman, like a, a, a sight point, like a, a target mm-hmm. uh, with two lines going through it, which kind of resemble um, the red lightsabers of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way cooler than like anything my dentist ever gave me after uh, I was a good kid. Uh, well, listen, you join the Sith, you get cool pins. It's kind of yeah. like the Boy Scouts, yeah. right? <laughs> you join the Jedi, you get a silly ponytail. So I, it makes it makes the choice pr- a lot uh, a lot easier. <laughs> when you know those are the perks. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, it's. Uh, um, What's next? We go to the rebel base on Jabim, which is where Vader and Third Sister are heading, of course. Um, our friend Haja is back, uh, and this is Kamal Anjani's character. Um, Obi-Wan is, uh, is, arrives with Leia and the other pilots. You, uh, what were their names? The, the like, O'Shea Jackson Jr. and uh, uh, the Snowspeeder pilot that we met last week? Um, yeah, G- Gabe was the one that passed away, and Roken uh, is their leader. And Roken. Uh, yeah, and uh, I can't remember the the girl's name. Sully is it Sully? Sully. That's it, Sully. Yeah, Sully. Thank yeah. you. Um, so they're they're all there. They're planning their egress with all of these families, all these people that are trying to get out because they know that they're getting hunted. Uh, the Empire's on the way, and um, there's this really like fun little moment with Haja where he tells Obi- obi-wan's like oh my gosh i can't believe you're here and he's like well you know i had a little had a little fight with the third sister and then had nowhere no. to go also right. this place is a good business opportunity <laughs> yeah yeah he says now i'm wanted by the empire now i know what it's like to be a real jedi and uh he says it's not easy and this place is anyway this place is a good business opportunity business <laughs> thought so he's gonna see if he can get some money out of the these these fleeing uh uh, younglings um mm. but there's this cool moment that tala has with ned b as they arrive and mm-hmm. tala kind of puts her head towards ned b's mechanical head and they have this very sweet tender moment there kind of foreshadowing possibly what we might see later on in the episode yeah uh, man <laughs> it's it's oh it's tragic um yeah. but the, the 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 plot point here is empire Empire Strikes yep. Back. They're going to hold off the invading force just long enough so they can get these transport ships out. Um, and there's an old trade route that they're going to use to smuggle them through. So that's that's the plan. To, mm. and then after that completes, they're going to get Leia back to Alderaan. Um, they're going to wait until they have all these people back on the path and because they've been waiting for quite a long time to get off this planet. Um, months, I think it is. Uh, and mm. they're, then they're going to bring Leia back to Alderaan. So everything's still on hold, getting Leia back. Yeah, other other than Snow, this is the opening of of Empire Strikes Back, where they're in this rebel base. Um, The plan is not to win. They know that they can't win this fight. The Empire's coming with overwhelming forces, overwhelming odds. Uh, Their only chance is to make a a distraction and an escape. Um, I love what they end up doing as a distraction. It's oh so my gosh. good. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, the um, uh, there's a couple of lines that they have the the uh, force sensitive families. Um, you can see in the dialogue text 
uh, the closed captioning. Uh, one of them says, uh, the path will protect us, which is kind of the, the mantra that they're assuming right now that the path is almost this, uh, this um, religious group that's going to protect them. It's really cool. I mean, mm. I, I, you never really think of the rebels being referred to as the path, but I guess the, the name is now Anagolis. Yeah, there. Um, you really like this and Rogue One kind of uh, show like that synergy of of the Jedi philosophy and the rebel, the budding rebel alliances uh, sort of philosophy and how it how it, it one is sort of adopted from the other, mm-hmm. um, and you know how they kind of they adopt the symbology too that the the Jedi Phoenix sort of becomes the the symbol of the rebel alliance. Yep. Um, but it's also interesting that, like you said, they're, they're, the way that they're going to escape is they know like an old trade route. Um, that sort of implies this through line since the prequels that, uh, what was it, the CRT, the Confederacy of, uh, the, the, the Trade Federation. They right. were also called like the CRT in the prequels. Yeah. Uh, I forget what that stands for, but they, um, they essentially, they were, "Quote unquote bad guys." They were in charge of all the battle droids in the prequel movies, and the good guys were the Republic, who had you know the clone troopers and all of the ships and and vehicles that end up becoming the iconic Empire stuff. So the the original bad guys of the series, uh, the CRT, the the Trade Federation, they end up more or less becoming the rebels once the war itself switches. Um, and the empire become or the republic becomes the empire. Yeah, and I'm not. I think they explained it some what in some of the series and things like that. It's not so in some of the animated series too. It's not so much that they were good guys, bad guys, and they they switched sides. It was yeah. more like they were they're these outer groups. They're basically the the labor force of the empire. You know, these uh, uh the republic. Uh, they they were the ones that were handling shipping. That were handling a lot of the um, production. Um, these were, you know, b- blue collar workers and, uh, they were being manipulated by the, the heads of, of states during episodes one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And then of course, once Obi-Wan takes them out, uh, then they, you know, they kind of disband, um, but, but they form up again, um, under this calling to protect those that are their own, you know, the, the, the four sensitive, uh, younglings and people and, 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 uh, it, along the, the outer ridges of the empire and they create mm-hmm. the path. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like the, they, they fill this vacuum of, of need to just protect themselves. Yeah. And they know, but they know how to operate on the fringes because, you know, I, I think a lot of them were, uh, I don't know where I got CRT from. It's con, it's CIS, mm. um, the Confederacy of independent systems. Um, yeah. So we won't go into all of like the politics of the, for those first couple movies, but that's right. Um, <laughs> this is the one thing George Lucas loves. It's political commentary. <laughs> yeah, but it is, but it is interesting to like, to see this development of the rebel Alliance and like these pieces of it that are, that are forming together. Um, yeah. And we get the first, we get, we're, we're here on the first rebel base. If you want to call yeah. it that. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think it is, I think it is right to call it that. I think it's like that, that is exactly what this is becoming or becomes, because of the fact that the Empire is coming to siege it, um, they intercut 
this preparation for them escaping with with that battle that started uh, that we saw the lightsaber sparring battle that we saw, and uh, Obi Wan says, you know, um, Anakin doesn't have the patience for a siege. Uh, he's gonna attack. Right. Um, so we don't have as much time as we think we do because he's not going to show mercy. Um, they they show that like conversation that they have while they're fighting where he's like, you grow too aggressive, Anakin. Be mindful. A Jedi's goal is to defend life, not take it. Uh, and Anakin says, uh, mercy doesn't defeat the enemy master, which is why you're going to lose. Yeah. These are just awesome lines that probably would have been in episode one, two, and three. Uh, makes complete sense that they're having these conversations. Um yeah, but uh, the previous the previous scene that we have before that, uh, we get Obi Wan going through the the base, and mm-hmm. uh, Lola. You can see Lola now possessed with the red light, flying yep. up into the wiring of of the uh, of uh, some of the crawl spaces, the vents, and then uh, Obi Wan goes down into one of the caves, and he sees the markings of what were the path uh, from other previous Jedis that have come through. And he sees similar, mm. um, you know, Jedi phrases that he recognized one being the light will fade, but is never forgotten. Mm. Um, just one, just bringing back that concept of light and dark um, and how th- this is a, a battle that is unending. Um, and, the spark of course of of rebellion and then the uh the sad thing that you see as well he turns his head and sees a crate full of lightsabers Mm -hmm. just just one after the other from all the jedi that either have perished or have come through there that you know that used to be at their side uh never left them now now just discarded into you know just type of of uh shipping container he also sees jedi robes and he picks mm-hmm. one up and looks at it, and it could have been one of a Jedi that he knew, you know, very close to him. Yeah, um, it's a very, very touching moment. But Lola eventually gets those blast doors closed. Mm-hmm. She being possessed uh, with that uh, that tracker, whatever it is, uh, that restraining bolt um, causes the blast doors above to close, and now they're all trapped mm-hmm. into this in this base at the moment, and their their priorities now have shifted. They can't go anywhere unless they get those blast doors open. Yeah, and I love this. Actually, leads to my favorite moment in the episode where uh, Haja. Um, well, I keep forgetting his name. Roke the the uh, Roken. Ice Cube Junior. What is it? Roken. Roken um, is having trouble getting the doors open, and Haja's like, "Have you tried? You know, looking in the vents?" And he's like, "I'm too big to be crawling around in there." Yeah. Leia just gets up and just starts walking, and she's like, "I'm gonna need a ladder." And <laughs> Broken is like, uh, sorry, it's not playtime right now, princess. And Obi-Wan is just like, get her the ladder. Do as she says. And he's like, what? He's like, you trust me? I trust her. Get her the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, uh, he asked uh, yeah, um, Haja to look after her. And he says, I'm not a babysitter, Ben. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. I, I want to get get her the ladder tattooed on it. It's so good. Right. Get her the ladder. Uh, best line I've heard in the series. Um, Obi Wan goes and and he's got a little voicemail from Bail Organa, and this is just stupid. I'm sorry. I love everything about this episode except for this, because as soon as you see him re- like looking at this message from Bail, Bail is like, 
here's all the secret information we shouldn't be talking about, but I'm going to talk about it. I know I'm not supposed to be doing this, but yeah. here we go. And of course, uh, like a Saturday morning cartoon, that comes back to bite them in the ass at the end of the episode. Right. Or or does it? Like maybe Obi-Wan leaves that on purpose for somebody to find. <laughs> well, he gives it to to Haja, right? Or to, to yeah, to uh, to look after, doesn't he? For, he I gives for- it. He gives it to one of them to look after, and then they, it falls, I guess, in their escape. But know? it's not like there's important information on yeah. that recording that he needs to then, like, later on share with anybody. He should just break it. That should be, like, this method. It should be a Snapchat, a st- whatever Star Wars version of Snap. Like, that thing should just, that message should either self-destruct, like on Inspector Gadget, as soon as it's watched one time, or it should delete itself, or Obi-Wan should have broken that chip. Uh, or whatever, the reader, the hollow disc that it was on, because of course it was going to get them found. And yeah, that, I'm, I'm, that was really frustrating to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have to leave something so the next episode can tie into it. So of course, yeah. it's got to be some type of through point. So yeah, they, it, it's there. Um, and it leads to Tala coming in and also broadcasting that she's about to die in this episode um, because she is, uh, she's like, she starts telling this tragic backstory about herself and her reasons for fighting uh which which jason i'm certain you don't believe uh, a word of this no nah, um, not a word i don't believe a word <laughs> <laughs> but she talks about she was uh, on Gorel when she was like in, um probably like early on in her her career in the empire when she first joined up and she says on Gorel she was ordered to round she was just following orders when she was ordered to round up 14 people uh, including eight children, four families that were all Force-sensitive. And then the Inquisitors came, and she knew what they were going to do, but she followed the orders and rounded them up anyway. Um, and, and like, I feel like every episode we've gotten with Tala, I've written down a quote where I've said the same thing. Like, if there's if there was an, a talking action figure of Tala, right. this would be one of the things she says. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things quotable. you can't forget, but you can fight to make them better. Yeah, it's a great line. And yeah. then she sh- she shows before that her her holster of her blaster, and she says, "So now I do this one for everyone I get through." And mm. she's little notches on the holster of of the uh, Empire of uh, whether it's stormtroopers or Sith or whoever, uh, every person she kills in the Empire, you know. So it's like she's she is kind of tallying, you know, the the people she gets her revenge on. Um, mm. I don't think we needed that. I think her just, you know being heartfelt about how why she joined the rebellion you know was is enough i don't think we need her kind of you know checking off a list or something like that or trying to save lives until she gets to the 14 people that died so i don't i don't think we necessarily need that but i don't know it 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 was interesting i mean yeah it's like you see like fighter pilots you know in movies at least have have like notches on the side of their plane like Mm. all the planes they've shot down and stuff like that so yeah well, they do yeah. that, I think, as competition to the other fighter pilots as well. So it's uh, it's kind of like a, a healthy little um, battle, I guess, they have. Yeah. With Tala, it definitely felt like a, a per- it's a personal thing, and she's, like, she's just a hard person. And uh, this is, you know, she's she's keeping track of her kills. So Obi-Wan, uh, yeah, the base starts getting sieged by the Empire. They, like, set up their heavy guns and their battalion of st- Stormtroopers outside of this one door that they're trying yeah. to breach. And, yeah, and, um, and, and Reva has that, that 
traditional lines, you know, fire, light them up, you know, that type mm. of thing, trying to rally these, these stormtroopers. And it's really cool to see them load these heavy weapons. You know, they put these big, mm-hmm. you know, what look like artillery shells in there and, and fire big blasters at it. And you, you know, this is not going to take long you know, to, uh, to take down these doors. Yeah. They're the empire's tactic is always just like overwhelmed with brute force. They don't really, they're not really like strategic, uh, they're just like, we have superior numbers and superior firepower, and we're just going to put it right at your front door. And this um, is all echoing what was happening in the events of Episode 5, you know, when mm-hmm. Party Strikes Back. And even uh, Ro- Roken uh, shows up to, to this battle with, like, a, a crossbow like Chewie, um, that big, like, heavy cro- metal crossbow. Yep. Uh, what do they call it? A bowcaster? Mm-hmm. Um and Obi-Wan realizes that they he needs to stall. He needs to buy time. So he says, tell the Inquisitor I'd like to talk. I don't know who's going to go find the Inquisitor for him and tell her. And that's not what ends up happening anyway. He just goes to the door. He goes to the other side of a door that she's on. And I, I think they just sort of telepathically communicate through the force uh, for a second until she comes to the door. This is like a midsummer door. Yeah. This is like a midsummer night's dream moment. They're like whispering yeah. through, the, through the chink <laughs> of the wall. A wall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Obi-Wan, she, so she reveals what we have uh, suspected this entire series that she was there. Uh, she was one of those kids. Um, one of the Padawans on the night of Order 66, when Anakin attacked the temple, she personally saw Anakin attack. It seems like he does stab her. And my theory is from a few episodes ago that that's like that part of her belt that she touches sometimes. Right. Excuse me. Um, But he didn't fatally wound her just like at the end of this episode, he didn't fatally wound her, uh, which must have been deliberate. But anyway, and yeah. the like when she's a kid, he doesn't fatally wound her, and she fakes her death in order to escape. Um, oh, it's yeah. it's very sad, and and they put the 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 uh, the warning on the beginning of this episode, like they had the first episode. You know, there are certain scenes in the fictional series that some viewers may find upsetting, and this is one mm-hmm. of them. You know, it just calls back to the events that happened in Uvade and how some of the students had to hide with the bodies and, and she has this line that she felt them grow cold. Oh, it's really, really disturbing. And, um, but it is a very, very graphic moment that we can see Anakin come in again, just like in episode three and, and unfortunately take out younglings. And she, you really get the sense that this is now, uh, revenge that she's mm-hmm. calling upon uh, a Vader. She wants she wants to enact some type of revenge in Vader. However, Vader knows this and and uh we see as we see later on he we he knows this and she's playing a long game, but he might be playing an even longer one. Mm-hmm. Um so she's got this ruse that she wants to rise up through the ranks and eventually take out Vader, but but he he is he's playing at a level that she she can't even consider. Yeah, Obi Wan says you're not uh, you're not serving him, you're hunting him. Right, and um, it makes me it makes me think that the wound that that Anakin at the time inflicts upon her and doesn't spares her life later on. This is all part of his grooming process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he. 
perhaps it's not Grand Inquisitor, but perhaps there's something else. You know, there's 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 different you know ranks and roles within the Sith, and maybe perhaps he's considering to be uh, an apprentice. You know, a Sith apprentice, something that type of thing. You know, so because just like uh, just like Palpatine, uh, Sidious, you know, there were levels, there, there were steps that Vader had to go through before he became his apprentice. You know, he lost his arm first, you know, then he lost his mother and, and then he lost, you know, um, Padme. And then of course he lost his, uh, he lost his body. And then of course he lost Padme. So like there's, there's many, many series of tragic events that have to happen in their lives first before they become uh, Sith. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk more about that fight when we get to that part of the episode. Um, but I, I, I do, yeah, I have some more thoughts on that. I think I think you might be onto something with that, though. I do love how Obi Wan is is seeing that there's might be goodness in her, and he's trying he's he's trying his best to you know bring her over to his side and and say that you know we we can end this right here. You know, let's work together. Is he or is he using her? Like, is he just kind of using her anger and using her plan that she's going to she's going to do either way uh, to his advantage? I don't know. I mean, it, 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 whatever I think it he's is above that, I don't think he's above using some subterfuge on this person that has taken like he's seen her, you know, do bad things. And well, he knows that she can't beat Vader. You know, he knows how powerful Vader is and he knows the malice and the the hatred. The line that I forget the line that, that she ha- he has about Vader that say that she can't beat him. But he knows that he's no match for her or she's no match for him. And yeah, so he's got to know that, like setting her up to, to try to backstab him. So is it, not going to work that he's going to see it coming. Right. So it could be like the enemy of my enemy is my friend type scenario. Right. Right. Um, you know, art of war type thing. Um, but I think when I'm seeing the scene that they have right here, though, through that big, big wall, uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking they're using the force and he can probably have some force sensitivity and sense the goodness and the light side in her. Um, that's my assumption. I guess maybe I should put that was my, my big one, big three. It's like, how the hell did they communicate through that wall? That's probably my number one of the big threes. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that to me, that's the least mystical thing. Um, though, like, uh, if they, you know, if they both have access to the force, it's basically like they have, you know, some sort force, of connection, some sort force of walkie talkies, force walkie talkies. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so they, they, uh, they end up, um, she ends up like stabbing her lightsaber through the door. Yeah. Uh, he narrowly jumps out of the way of it. And she and it's just, very much like episode one uh, or episode two where, you know, they're 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 fighting, you know, on the ship of the battle droids and Obi-Wan mm. and, and Anakin are, you know, or no episode one with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are. are yeah, where they gas the room and yeah, they gas the room and they yeah. have to like carve through the door. Um, the Jedi, the lightsaber melts the door and things like that. You know, she she makes fine work, like fast work of that door to get in there. Yeah. And uh, she. Yells into the breach, and all the troops break in, and the all of our action figures uh, start having battles and pew 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 battles, shooting each other. Um, it's really cool. And <laughs> Leia up in the up in the vents, uh, she's doing her she's doing her John McClane thing, and she finds the Red Breaker, um, <laughs> and she finds uh, what's Lola, and takes the restraining bolt off of her. Um, and oh, this is this is the part of the episode 
that broke my heart. Tala is running down the hallway. Uh, Ned B is right behind her. Ned B is just just destroying <laughs> stormtroopers, just picking them up with one arm, like slamming them against the ceiling, throwing them into each other. Yeah, uh, he gets he- shot a bunch of times, and Tala gets shot right on the belt. And um, that's a fatal that's a fatal place to get shot in Star Wars. And so it's a slow, it's a slow painful death. Yeah. So she you, you know, she's about to go down and she um, picks she takes out a, a uh, what's it called? A, a thermal, thermal detonator. detonator. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan is doing his like lightsaber swing, bla- you know, blocking blaster bolts left and right. Trying to protect her, but they're getting overwhelmed by all the stormtroopers. So Tala does uh, what every you know what everybody in Star Wars does when you want to open or lock a door permanently and shoots the blast controls. Um, <laughs> and with a with a final sad "May the Force be with you," uh, she sets off her thermal detonator. It's very it's very t- it's like a not only traumatic to see her die. But she dies in the arms of Ned B because as yeah. Ned B, you know, comes, walks back and re- they retreat down the hallway. He's taking all these blast shots, but he's shielding her to make sure that she survives. And then he there comes a point where he just is shot too much and he powers down in a hunched over position, kind of like a like a like a, like a like shield, a shield. And um, and. Tala realizes that she has no way out um, and she can't retreat from there and she's hurt. Um, there's no way to save her. So she sets off the thermal detonator. It's, it's so sad. And it's a, it's a honorable ending to like a, a warrior um, that's fought so hard, but you know, it's, it's I don't understand. I, I, I have a, a couple, my next big three is right here. Um, okay. You know, so th- uh, the first question I had, this is not a big three question. It's like, why didn't she throw the thermal detonator down the hallway? You know, I understand they're just really, really explosive and they could really, really hurt you. But why mm-hmm. didn't she throw it down the hallway unless they were all around her? Um, that's the only thing I could think of. And she had no other way. But that's the first time we've seen a thermal detonator used, I believe, in the live action. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. We've talked about it. You know, in episode six, you know, Leia pulls one out and clicks it on and off. Um, when they're in uh, Jawa's uh, Jabba's palace, mm-hmm. um, but we've never actually seen one explode. I mean, we've seen it in other iterations in you know, the animated series and the games and, and things like that. You always know about them, but we've never actually seen one explode. Huh? They never they never did that on the Mandalorian at all. No, I don't think so. Interesting. Maybe they did, and I'm just forgetting about it. They possibly did. They blew a lot of stuff up on that show. They blew a lot of stuff up on that show. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there might be... I don't know. We could probably look that up. Um, but yeah, it's it's very cool. I think you're right that it's like... It's a very big blast. I think that's why she had to shoot the door controls and, shoot, and shut the blast door, uh, because it's such a big explosion that if she didn't do that, um, it probably would have like also hit Obi-Wan because he was just on the other side of the, the door. Yeah, and um, so in... In two moves, she saves Obi Wan's life, and then and then saves the the group from the incoming onslaught. Yeah, because she also knows Obi Wan's not going to stop trying to save her, so she right. has to do something about that. Right. In addition to like this, you know, sacrifice play. Um, and uh, at some point, we cut to Vader on the ship, and he's saying, "Tell tell her to stand down. Kenobi is already ours." Um, and they they intercut with. Uh, 
that that sparring battle once again. Anakin is saying uh, Anakin knocks Obi-Wan's lightsaber out of his hands and away from him. And he says, there's no way out, Master. You are already beaten. Um, and Obi-Wan does this cool move where he, uh, like, kind of does some capoeira to get some distance. And then <laughs> gets close to o- Anakin, spins him around, pushes him from behind, and then uses the Force to take his lightsaber from him. Yeah. Um, and we're, and we're going to see later in the episode how Anakin took that lesson from Obi-Wan and used it in his fight against third sister. Yeah. Um, they have this yeah, moment, this they have this like moment, cool moment when they're, cause they're, they are sparring, you know, so they're not actually battling each other, but they get to a point where they're at kind of like a, a stalemate in the battle and they mm-hmm. go back to back and have a conversation about, you know, about, you know, the lessons in this of, of the Jedi. It's so, it's really funny how they do that. You know, they just, they literally back to back talking over each other's shoulders. Yeah, Obi-Wan says, your need for victory, Anakin, it blinds you. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, of course, Anakin, and of course, that's, Vader shows up. Um, he is marching down this hallway. One thing, when we were talking about Third Sister and Obi-Wan and their plan, um, Third Sister literally says what I just said a few minutes ago, like, what makes you think he won't see it coming? So she, I mean, she even knows, like, Obi-Wan is setting me up for failure. <laughs> this is not yeah. the best plan. Uh, but anyway, here comes Vader marching down this hallway angrily and just, like, like slamming doors open to get to them. Um, and he gets to the transport just as it's taking off. My guess is that they had, like, an astromech inside of it or something, um, remotely piloting it because uh, that or they're at the point already where they're sacrificing pilots for a plan yeah, like this. Yeah, you saw an R2 unit in the back. so it did? Okay, yeah. Had, like they had an astromech, you know, I saw one earlier in the scene. But yeah, Leia uh, gets Leia gets the uh, uh, eventually take, you know, uh, able to plug the the cable into the slot and mm-hmm. and get the blast doors open and, and, and so they're able to escape and um, and the transport uh, yeah, tar- is- starts taking off, but they do the the uh, the episode nine, uh, the Chewbacca switcheroo, uh, also known <laughs> as the Chewy switcheroonie, um, the <laughs> where there's a second transport. So the transport starts taking off. Uh, Vader uses the Force to just pull that thing down. Oh, oh my gosh! This massive transport. He just suddenly awesome lifts this display of power. It holds it. St- it stops right in in air mm-hmm. you know this is all inertia of this ship just stops and he's holding it there and we've seen we've seen uh you know luke and we've seen um you know uh, ray and we've seen yoda you know m- massively move ships you know mm-hmm. it's, it's like this is something that's common now seeing it but seeing this huge transport like ju- this largest ship we've ever seen uh, being stopped and then he just does it like with with such ease with it's one just, hand yeah one hand it's just Oh, he's so powerful right there. And uh, but it's the chewy switcherui because um, that transport didn't have anybody on it. And the moment it crashes, he starts using the force to rip off the one side of it and go in into it, uh, which is very, very intimidating. Like I, I was imagining ass. being inside of that thing. And this guy pulls it out of the sky and just rips the side of it off with his hand. Yeah. He's got like touching it. He's got like force Wolverine claws. He just tears Mm -hmm. into the thing. It's crazy. Just just how terrifying that would be. But they were one step ahead of him because they had everybody on the second transport 
and it takes off in the moment uh, that he, it, that it's, I guess that in the moment that it's too late for him to conjure up enough force power to do this a second time, because uh, they get away. And, yeah. um, yeah, I think then we cut back again to Obi-Wan and Anakin, younger selves fighting, and Obi-Wan says, you're a great warrior, but you but your need to prove yourself will be your undoing. And I think this is when Third Sister shows up. Um, she tries yeah. it. Yo, yeah, I wrote down Third Sister tries it. Vader uses the Force, takes her saber, breaks it in two, gives her one, and then takes it back anyway. Again, this is all part of I think Vader's grooming process. So this is is his training. You know, the Sith training. You know, like this is. You know, we're, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to make you want to kill me. But you're going to learn through that how powerful I am and how powerful you could be. And so at this point though, at this point, isn't she such a huge liability (laughs) that it's not worth all of that time? Again, he still has to break her somehow. Like, so they'll, they'll go, they'll try everything, you know, to, to break. They have that line earlier, you know, like we can't break them all. He says, I don't want to break them all. You know, I just want to break. I just, he just wants Obi-Wan. So it's like, it seems like he's trying specifically you know, just for a handful of them. Um, and if he or, can't have Obi-Wan, he, he wants, he'll have third sister. He doesn't now that you're, now that you're saying that line, he doesn't say Obi-Wan in that line. He says like, uh, we don't need to break them or something like that. Um, implying that he's, that he, like Obi-Wan is the only one that he needs to break. Right. Um, but what if he's talking about her? What if this, what if you're right? And this is all like a plan to let her, you know, she's like, I, I, I hate to use this terminology, but she, it's like she's a dog and he's like letting the, lo- the leash, the leash, why can't I yeah, speak? Yeah, it's letting the leash like loose just enough because um, he knows what she's going to do and that she's going to try to betray him. Yeah. And letting her lead this attack and like all of this stuff is building up to something that it's, is ultimately his grand can- plan. Right, it's this classical conditioning um, of of her um, possibly as being an apprentice. We don't know, um, but yeah, the line that he says, "It's not them we need to break." That's what Darth says to to her. Yeah. Uh, so, um, is is he referring to Reva when he's talking directly to her? I doubt it. Maybe he's, he's Obi Wan because she he really I don't know. He his vengeance is to Obi Wan, but but it is true that you know. Over time, people in these scenarios, they do have that kind of Florence Nightingale effect where they, not Florence Nightingale, the, the effect where you fall in love with your captors. You know, mm-hmm. they, um, and uh, at the same time, it's, it's kind of like brainwashing. I know like you push them, bring people down to the lowest low uh, and then rebuild them up. Um, some way, similar to how the military kind of conditions you for battle. But this is this is you know doing it with the Sith and um, and I think what it is that we're going to start seeing we're not going to see much more because not that many episodes left but we're going to start seeing some of that um, hopefully going to see some of that temptation of the dark side you know that because that's what drove Anakin toward it initially as well so um, hopefully we'll see that come out. Um, in the next few episodes, uh, if if there is an overall purpose for Vader to keep uh, Reva alive, well, there's only one more episode. Yeah, so I don't I don't know how much of it we're going to see. 
Um, but also, we know that there's no. Uh, I mean, there, it's not like there's proof that she's dead, but there's no canonically. There's no mention of a third sister, yeah. uh, or any other inquisitor past episode four. So. I don't think she lives much longer after after all of this. Right. So uh, in the in the act of uh, Vader breaking the lightsaber and then handing one of them to hers, and I'm not I'm not sure if it's just he's trying to do good form, I guess, in battle, which is not something he doesn't have honor in battle. It's probably temptation of the dark side, you know, uh, and and uh, maybe or maybe it's just that's what he how he learned through Obi Wan, you know, someone. I thought I thought it was that he like wanted her to feel like she has a chance in this fight just so that it like stings even more when he when he beats her down and like and wins easily against her. That's cruel. That's cold. Yeah. But that's Darth Vader. like (laughs) Giving her the hope and then tearing her down. Yeah. That's Darth Vader, man. And like but it's it. I don't know. You might be right. I think it's a little bit of a wild conspiracy theory. But I, I also cannot think of any logical reasons why he doesn't just count Dooku her uh, when he's got yeah. both sabers and just decapitate yeah. her. Like, it doesn't make sense that Vader, who knows so much about killing and has killed, has so much experience killing people, yeah. would it would accidentally stab her somewhere that's not fatal. Like, right. That's, it's just, I can't, I can't reconcile it, so there must be a reason. Um but, yeah, I guess, uh, I, and we'll hopefully find out what that is next week. But the the second big moment happens right here. The second uh, holy shit moment, we see the Grand Inquisitor appear alive and well, mm-hmm. uh, um, and say, you know, that, that we've been he, they've been watching this all along, uh, and uh, and they stab her in that same spot. Uh, Vader stabs her in the same spot where he had stabbed her as a child, as a youngling. Yeah. And they have that flashback flash moment between the two time periods of her getting stabbed. And mm-hmm. uh, it's she obviously, you know, reliving the trauma of the past at that moment. And the Grand Inquisitor says, you are going to leave you where we found you, the gutter. Mm-hmm. And she uh, crawls around. Obi-Wan senses something is wrong. He's having like his forced migraine. And <laughs> uh, th- third sister is crawling around and she finds I I. I uh, we talked about this earlier. I guess neither of us tracked this that well. Like somehow that hologram of Bail Organa that Obi-Wan had and watched earlier ended up on the ground and third sister finds it. And now she knows uh, that Luke is on Tatooine and yeah. um, she knows that Owen everything. is protecting him. Yeah, she knows and all of it. So, I mean, that's really kind of the only place that the next episode can go, right? They kind of have to... They kind of have to shuffle Vader aside so that he's no longer a threat to Leia or Luke for the next nine years um, and also loses track of Obi-Wan for the next nine years and then also resolve the third sister stuff. And it seems like if she is going anywhere, she's heading to Tatooine to maybe either complete the job or who knows. But yeah. Yeah, we we don't know what she's going to do on Tatooine and... I don't know. It kind of brings a bookend if we're going back to tattooing to the series, you know, starting in tattooing, ending in tattooing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have to still get to Alderaan to drop Leia off there. So, yeah. Yeah, that could be a quick stop there. Um, I'm just more worried about like I'm more concerned about like them wrapping up these big character plot points, like characters that we don't see 
in later films. So like I know I like I'm not I've never been worried about Leia this entire series because I know uh, what happens to Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been worried about Obi Wan anytime he's in danger because I know what happens to him. But like third sister, no idea what she what ends up happening with her. So she's like the big question mark um, for the end of this series. Yeah, is she going to have like a Reva, a, a Tala moment where she passes away and has some type of you know major redemption? Um, we, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of weird to see how we're going to wrap it up, other than just dropping people off. So it's I, I'm I'm curious to see uh, how this this po- this communicator pod that has all of the secrets of the path and Luke and Leia, uh, um, how that that resolves. Yeah, because Bale just somebody should have taken his phone away from him after 11 p.m. so he could stop tweeting. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, it's yeah, absurd. <laughs> uh, Jason, are you ready for lose big three? Yes. Ryan, give us the theme song. Lose big three. Lose big three. You and me. It's Lou and me. It's lose big three. Yeah. Ooh. Thank you, Ryan. Lose big three. Number one. Um, Jason, did Tala fake her death in order to further betray Obi-Wan, uh, make him think that she died, but actually she's going to come back as some sort of like cyborg, uh, empire soldier and, um, like zombie soldier. And, uh, she's actually this whole time been working for Boss Nass, uh, (laughs) who is Dexter Jetster's information broker. And we all, we thought like Dexter Jetster was the top of this whole uh, network of criminals and spies, but it's actually Boss Nass. It's actually Boss Nass. Yeah, at okay. the top. At the top. Okay. Um, I don't think it's Boss Nass, but uh, I, I, it is possible that she's faked her death. My, my big three number one. This is Jason's big three number one. Is that mm. after she blows up that thermal detonator, it's got to be pretty grim inside that hallway yeah there's gotta be like pieces and and yeah and obi-wan just walks on through back and forth and it's like I, he must see the carnage that that is in that hallway after that so yeah they kind of did a low angle shot and you see like the wreckage of a ned b when he's like walking down the hallway to go and surrender um and, yeah. yeah and seeing your your friends and 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 all those stormtroopers it's gotta be really really bleak in there um, but if, if it wasn't, he wouldn't have as much of a, you know, a, a, a happy demeanor, you know? Um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe, yes, maybe she faked that, that thermal detonator <laughs> explosion. Mm. And as I said, threw it down the hallway, um, instead of, uh, holding it and, uh, somehow survived and escaped buried amongst the bodies as Riva, uh, did with the younglings. Mm. She's actually, my, my running theory is she's actually Riva. Um, oh, she, okay. Yeah. She like <laughs> threw the thermal detonator. Uh, and just like we saw that one character in episode two that used like a face hologram thing. Uh, she clicked that on real quick, looked like Reva. Well, maybe she Darth did Vader. the whole the whole entire switcheroo and in the, the five seconds of, of Obi-Wan coming back into the room, you know. Uh, disguised herself in stormtrooper outfit so absolutely yeah it's it's not beyond possible <laughs> all right um number two uh lose big three number two we haven't seen dexter jetster so far um <laughs> do you think that they're hiding it do you think they're like saving that up for the big reveal in it, it episode six such a great moment that we have we're just begging for right now we want dexter jester to appear 
on the Palpatine chair. You know, he wanted yeah. him to, to turn around and spin around like a like an evil uh, villain, and it's like Dexter Jester there all alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenobi. <laughs> how great would that be? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He does like force lightning or something, you know. With like four hands, though, so it's like four times. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, Jason, this is Lou's Big Three, number three. I, forgive me if I've already asked this before, um, but forgive me even more if I've never asked you this before. If you had your own lightsaber, what color would your lightsaber be? Oh, I'd go with a purple. Yeah? Yeah, definitely a purple like a, a Mace Windu. Actually, here, I'll, uh, I have a, a black light here right in front of me. You can see here. Oh, I just unplugged it here. Um, but... It kind of resembles a, a force lightsaber. Okay. And uh, it's kind of got that cool purple glow to it. And I, I think it's great be, content for our listeners who can definitely yes, see you it. Can't, can't <laughs> see this at all. The black light in front of me. Um, but it's that long tube. Yeah. Um, which is, which is, it, it puts that, that, that glow, unusual purple glow. So um, you wouldn't out. want like the Mace Windu purple. You'd want like an ultra, like a black light, like, like a black lightsaber. light. And I think it would make it look everything around me like a rave. <laughs> Like okay. some club club dancing, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I think it would be a lot more fun than just a standard uh, blue or red. Mm. Okay, I could yeah, that's be that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I think I would. I'd honestly, I'd want a blue one. I've always liked how the blue lightsaber looks. Uh, it it like also just like. As soon as you see somebody with a blue lightsaber, you kind of know that they're a good guy. Like, there's something about it that just, I guess because it's, it's a soft color, um, but it just makes it, like, like it gives you hope. It gives you uh, inspiration. Um, I've, always, now, I've always been a fan of it. Now, does the, is, it, is it like a wand, like a Harry Potter wand? Does the lightsaber choose you with a kyber crystal? I haven't been to Disney World and done the whole entire Star Wars experience with the lightsabers, but but how does that work? Yes, sort of. There, there's there's a lot of like debate in the canon about this, especially with like all the legends and and extended universe stuff becoming muddied. Um, but in one version. As a Padawan, you go and find, like, a cave that has kyber crystals in it, uh, and your your crystal um, sort of calls to you. Like, you find mm. the one that you have a strong connection with, and mm. it'll either be blue or green, or I think uh, it could be orange um, or yellow— uh, or I guess purple as well, but it's typically blue or green. And but I don't get a choice in the matter. It calls to me. Not really. You kind. I mean, you kind of do because like you can look in different parts of the cave or whatever. But there's also like trials you go through. There's a whole episode of the Clone Wars cartoon about it, but I'm not sure I if remember. it's canon anymore. Yeah, um, it's but, not. They retconned it, but yeah. Yeah, in another like sector of legend, of Star Wars Legends, uh, a blue one means that you're and this might be more to do with like the video games like knights of the old republic but a blue one means you're more in tune with the force itself um and you're more of like that that's more of what you study as a jedi versus like a green one means you're you're more proficient in actual lightsaber fencing uh and then an orange one means you're like you work at the jedi temple specifically uh, and that you're a temple guard 
yellow means something else, purple means something else. Um, and red, you only get a red lightsaber when you corrupt your Kyber crystal and make it Ooh. literally bleed. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Going so against its, its I, I remember its seeing things online about the black Kyber crystals that you can get over at Disney World. Like, there's the most rarest of the Kyber crystals in the experience, the coveted ones. Yeah, I, I think that's the one that the dark sabers made from. The dark there's only one of those. Them. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what about a, like a poop brown lightsaber? What does that signify? Uh, that means that you're um, like, a, like a big old turd saber. Yeah, I mean, it means that you're like you're like a Jedi, but you like work in Jedi sanitation. <laughs> uh, you're you're they're the cleanup crew. Yeah, you you have like your all of your. Um, cleaning tools are like lightsaber based, but they're just so like you're you push a button, the big red button extends out a mop. Yeah, oh. <laughs> you have like a toilet mop, brush, mop, like mop. vibrating, and <laughs> um, it slices through the it slices through the toilet and doesn't really clean it that well. Um, so those are my big three questions. Uh, Jason, if we were to, if we were to replace any two characters from this episode of Obi Wan Kenobi with our friends Danny DeVito and Whoopi Goldberg, who would you replace, and how would it have improved the episode? Um, I think uh, I think we should replace Danny DeVito with Ned B in the episode. Okay, because of that scene where Ned B's shielding uh, Tala, um, it would be really really difficult for him to get her to get behind him because he's so tiny. Mm. So she'd really have to crunch down. Um, and uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Um, I don't know. Um, maybe throw Whoopi Goldberg as Darth Vader and okay. have her do some really, really strong, crazy Sith Lord powers just to see her, you know, uh, get all riled up and, and, and throw down that ship. It'd be kind of cool. Mm, that would be awesome. Uh, hear me out. Um, we ha- we keep everybody the same for the present day part of the episode. Every time they cut back to Coruscant, uh, it's Whoopi Goldberg and Danny DeVito <laughs> as Obi-Wan as Obi-Wan. Anakin, but just in Anakin, wigs. Yeah. Just they're wearing <laughs> wigs and robes. <laughs> they, they, they've, of course, de-aged them, but, but it's wigs and robes. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you can see uh, uh, Danny DeVito do some really cool force uh, acrobatics as well. In the absolutely. Scene. No stunt doubles either. I want it to be like I just wanted to do give him <laughs> three takes, uh, and we'll just use the best take. Use the best one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's all my thoughts about Obi Wan Episode Five. Uh, it was a great episode, and um, really like did a lot to further the plot. Gave us some really great action, but also just sort of sets up the ending. So yeah, the secrets uh, secrets we'll see how reveal. They land the ship. Lots of holy shit moments, um, but it really it's really just an episode that at its heart, you know, uh, gets us ready for the last episode. Yeah. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, no, that's it. Um, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what the heck Reva's going to do now that she's um, untethered from both the Empire and removed from... Uh, the path. So is she going to come around and, and join, you know, Obi-Wan in, in, in some type of quest of good, or is she going to, you know, uh, follow in line behind Darth Vader? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm only thinking of it in terms of, like, what does Vader expect her to do? Because if he left her alive, like, what is he waiting for her to do? Because um, there, there, there can't be any other reason that he left her alive if not to lead him to something. Mm-hmm. But we'll find out what and that we is. And we still haven't seen the Emperor. Um, and uh, we'll see if that, that comes into play at all. Mm. Um I mean, we didn't see Darth Maul, so that's not going to happen. I don't think. Yeah, we didn't see Quinlan Voss. I thought we if we were going to see him, Voss. we would have seen him in this episode, but yeah, I don't think he'll show up in the final episode. Yeah, the, but they're out there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's nice to know that like they are out there and that there's 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 more implied stories and maybe a season two that could happen. Who knows? Um, but we will see you next week for our final episode coverage of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on every podcast app. Uh, also, send us your hate mail at robosvdinos at gmail.com, and we'll read it on air. Uh, we love you. We love robots. We love dinosaurs. We love you. And uh, I've been Luigi. See you next time. And if you get if you get the brown Kriber crystal when you're at the Star Wars experience at Disney World, um, please perform some type of Snapchat or uh, TikTok. <laughs> we want to see it, and we'll share it on air. Is that an actual option at the Star Wars I, I celebration? Hope not. I really hope not. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if pink is an option. Uh, all right. Get her the ladder. Do as she says. What would be cooler than one lightsaber? Two lightsabers. You grow too aggressive, Anakin. Be mindful. A Jedi's goal is to defend life, not take it. This kind of little rascal's moment. Rebellions are built on hope. I'm surprised uh, that they didn't catch her. They should have just waited under the bridge. Your Jedi mind tricks don't work on Tordarian. Hello, Governor. It's a Star Wars podcast, Indy. Oh, hello, mate. Welcome to the Star Wars podcast with robots versus dinosaurs. Oh, it's robots versus dinosaurs, is he? Are you just asking for hate mail right now? That's- You're supposed to be my brother-in-law, Anakin. We we're going to go to family business together, Anakin. I would have seen you at the reunion, Anakin. Gong, 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 gong.